Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up right after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. What's the topic this week, Ken? I'll give you a hint, John. We're listening to Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf? Ah, I guess we're going to talk about motorcycles. No, not motorcycles. Drugs. Should they be illegal? Should they be legal? Does America's drug war, uh, drug problem rest on an incoherent philosophy? Listen to us and get more confused. Stay tuned as we dig into the philosophical issues about drug use. But first, the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We are broadcasting from KALW Radio San Francisco. We like to imagine, though, that we're spread out on the lawn by Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Shut out the noise around you and join us as we try to dig a little deeper than most radio shows do into the underlying principles that guide our behaviors and decisions and that uh, buttress our institutions. And where exactly will we be, will we be digging today, Ken? What's what's our topic this uh, it's week? The legalizations of drug legalization of drugs, John. Legalization of drugs or the unlegalization of drugs. So, so we're philosophers. We should start with a definition. I'll, I'll let you define drugs. Oh, that's a hard one. You know, if you look into the, uh, into the uh, U.S. Code, uh, it's not really very well defined. There's this thing that says it's either a drug is either something on this list of pharmacological list, or it's something prescribed for the treatment of disease, or it's any non-food substance that uh, that uh, is designed to that affects the body of humans or animals, right? And if you look on this list, caffeine's not there, alcohol's not there, so it's a really a strange definition. Well, let's not start with a definition. Then. Yeah, <laughs> let's just, nobody knows. Let's assume what we're talking about. We're talking about those illegal drugs plus alcohol and nicotine that, for some reason, aren't illegal. What What's the argument uh, against having all these substances be illegal? I mean, they're bad for you. Why not have them be illegal? Well, there's a libertarian argument. Uh, it says, look, I own my body. I own it exclusively. And what I put in my body is my business and nobody else's. So there you go. If I want to put drugs in my body... Don't you can't interfere with that. But look, Ken, we could have a kind of a, 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 a perfectly dangerous drug, right? A perfectly illegalizable drug, right? This is somebody could design something, you put it in your mouth, it tastes good, you're high for an hour, and then you go berserk and you maim and kill someone. Maybe that happens ninety percent of the time. Surely even a libertarian would say that there's a legitimate reason for society, for the government to make a drug like that oh. illegal. And, and some of our drugs, like crack cocaine, people think really approach that. Yeah, that, that seems true. I, th- I think you have a point there, that the libertarian argument's too simple. But, I mean, imagine that, imagine another kind of uh, model drug, hypothetical drug. You ingest it, and it gives you intense pleasure for two or three or four or five or six hours. And uh, it goes away and has no side effects and doesn't do anything bad to you or anybody else. And why? I mean, Why? Why should that be illegal? Well, and, and some people think we've got drugs like, like that, too. So, 
So we've got a libertarian argument, and we've kind of got a default position that, well, you know, maybe it's not as simple as a libertarian says, but the onus of proof is on the ones who want to make it illegal. And then we've got some examples that show that this, this, the cost-benefit analysis to society is certainly a relevant consideration. It's certainly, it's certainly true that in the world that we actually live in, uh, the human cost of drugs is pretty high. I mean, uh, you know, drug addicts steal to protect their drugs, and people die of overdose. I mean, there's lots so, of human costs associated with drugs. So maybe we need to break out of philosophy for a second and, and listen to some facts. Our own roving philosophical reporter, Amy Stanton, has prepared a piece for us today. She decided to bring this issue down to a very human level by talking to a former drug, drug addict about the life he lived. Let's hear that report now. If you're a drug addict, your raison d'etre is procuring drugs. That's what it's about. This is Quentin, which is not his real name. As this escalates, you automatically become caught up in something that uh, basically takes control of you. I mean, it takes control of me. Quentin had been a recreational drug user for almost 10 years when his habit developed into a full-time addiction. First it was heroin, and then crack cocaine, and eventually, Quentin lost control of his life. I lost my living arrangement, lost my job, unemployment had run out. A friend had come out looking for me, he hadn't heard from me. I hid from him, I wouldn't answer the door. I had my business, right? My business was not to say, hi, how are you, unless you've got something for me. To utilize a phrase of Burroughs, it's the algebra of need. You calculate things. If it's suitable for you, that's good. If it's not suitable for you, it's discarded. Under this new algebra, Quentin needed to come up with between $50 and $100 a day. That's 25 for a room and another 25 to 50 for drugs. Before the drugs, he'd been a book reviewer, so he knew what books to steal and where to unload them. I would be trying to get as many large format art books as I possibly could down my pants. And, you know, not every used bookstore is going to willingly be your accomplice to this. So eventually they kind of wise up, and I was sent on my way from a few. This went on for a couple years, until finally the law caught up with him. I was arrested for shoplifting, and I had a couple of outstanding warrants. So I ended up spending a week in three different lockups in the Bay Area because I was transported from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and I did not get crazy sick, which is what actually opened my mind to the thought, you know, I don't maybe need to do this. Ironically, for someone who owes his sobriety to the cops, Quentin has only criticism for a system that treats drug addicts like criminals. In his view, all that money spent on prosecuting addicts would be much better spent on providing them with adequate care, care he wasn't even offered until a court order landed him in a treatment center. The government shouldn't promote drug use, he says, but it shouldn't criminalize it either. In other words, I'm, well, I'm not looking to see Marlboro brands heroin. You know, there should be no advertising, there should be no sponsorships, it should be as regulated as possible, just be left up to the individual. Criminalizing is not going to eradicate the problem, it just transforms it, and it hopefully would transform it to something that is actually far more manageable and I would assume to be far more humane. More humane, in other words, by treating drugs as a public health problem, he says, rather than a legal one. This is Amy Standen for Philosophy Talk. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music 
or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.